Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Natter the Zillennial Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie, and we are here with Angela Begin. Hi, Angela. Hi. How's it going today? It is going well. It's a nice Sunday. I actually haven't been outside yet, but it's been a good indoors day so far. Sometimes you just see the sun through the window and you're like, honestly, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I think I just had a busy morning just like doing stuff at home. So I will enjoy it later. But yeah, it definitely was good enough. <laughs> awesome. Uh, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what we'll be talking about today? Yeah, I'm Angela. I I approached Natalie because I wanted to talk about astrology um, on her podcast. Yeah, I've been studying astrology for a while. Um, when I was growing up, my mom was kind of into it and would decorate my bedroom with like different Taurus-y things. <laughs> and I kind of took it seriously and would just like try to learn so much about it and had all these like different magazines and stuff growing up, like the ones that all, well, that a lot of preteens have, like J14 or like all those ones with horoscopes. And I kind of just like learned the dates and then, um, I had, I like took that information and then learned my classmates' birthdays and um, remembered them and like, like observed their different energies. And I kind of did that like growing up through junior high and high school, but it was like not as cool. So I kind of just kept it to myself. <laughs> um, and then after high school and towards the end of it, I guess too, I started to meet different friends who had different areas of interest in spirituality type things. Like I had friends who were into tarot or were into runes and that kind of got me into all of that as well. And then eventually I had like a roommate who was into everything and had books that I could actually go through. And I, that's kind of how I started to really learn a lot about the different signs. Cause I feel like so often you just kind of check your own, especially like growing up and then I just had this huge book of like every single one and, and then ability to like learn more about everything. Cool. Yeah. Went through that. And then I, <laughs> I moved to Montreal and it was like kind of the first time that I was just like alone in the world and like, didn't, I like relied so much on my friends at so much at that point in my life. And then just kind of was like all by myself in the city, trying to find a job, trying to make things work. And <laughs> like didn't have as much things to do so I turned to it quite a bit and that's kind of when I really like delved into it I got really into Chani Nicholas um she's one of my favorite astrologers and then other people like Mystic Medusa and started just regularly reading their blogs and reading their horoscopes and yeah learning a lot through that and then once I did that deep dive I kind of just like stuck with it and kept studying from there. Sounds fascinating. I love when you have that one good roommate who has all of the stuff that you're like, yes, yeah, it was nice that they had all that, those resources. I was like, oh, because they were like a yogi and they had like, yeah, so many books on different Eastern things like Chinese medicine and like all this and yeah, so much stuff that I like was like, oh, I never learned about any of this stuff. Oh, wow. Well, let's dive right into it. What is true astrology as opposed to the horoscopes that you would read in a tween magazine? Yeah, I guess the way that I like to think about astrology is, I guess, like in teen magazines or when you're reading like your your horoscope in a newspaper or something, they tend to focus on the sun sign. And that's just one planet in the sky. Like, your natal chart, which you can find by plugging in um, your birth details, like your birth date, time, and location into a website. Um, there's many different ones you could find. I like astro charts or for Vedic astrology, Vault of the Heavens. Um, but you can, by going into those websites, you will see that you can, you have multiple placements. It's not just your sun sign that kind of defines you. And yeah, a lot of these magazines tend to focus on that. Um, there was a shift towards sun sign astrology in like the 1800s. I think like the late 1800s, it was, I forget his name, but there was a man who made um, horoscopes in the Western world and people started to kind of consume it that way. And it, it was like a phenomenon because a lot of people in the West hadn't 
really delved into astrology. So suddenly having this feature in a newspaper became a thing. But the thing is, it's as much as the sun is an important planet in your chart, there's so many planets like your moon or your moon placement is so um, important as well. And your Mercury and your Venus and your Mars and everything. So to me, true astrology is being able to look at all those different energies as well. Um, and also to kind of use them to understand yourself and to just like find the spiritual lessons that you're here to learn. We're getting into some deep stuff. I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's start with the sun sign because it is what most people even if they don't know much about astrology, they do know that about themselves. Yeah. Um, your sun sign is the sign or constellation um, that the sun was in at the moment that you were born. Um, the sun follows a yearly pattern. Our, our calendar is built around the sun. And the sun designates like your soul. <laughs> the sun designates like yourself, your identity, just kind of like how the places that you're shining in and the places that you feel like you illuminate for other people and where you, you feel like you're in your power. That's kind of like some descriptors for what the sun um, can be or how you can see it in your chart. Cool. And what about the moon? Sign? Yeah. The moon is more like your inner self. Um, some people I've heard call it your core self. Um, it's also like how the people who are closest to you might perceive you and who know you the best could perceive you. Um, it's your emotions. It's your mental attitudes. It's um, it's your mind in some ways as well. Um, it's also what comforts you. It's what nurtures you. It feeds you. What holds you. It also tells us information about your mother because the moon is a feminine energy. I say that in quotations, but it's like that receptive um, energy that's associated with the mother. Yeah. And it also can have some witchy connotations as well. Um, the moon is also, it gives us information on past you or like past life you, if you believe in that. It also shows us where, um, like if there's any how you would connect to like the occult or how you would connect to kind of some witchy, magic-y, um, subconscious world things. All the spooky stuff. Yeah, all the spooky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible to have a sun sign and a moon sign that um, aren't in power with each other? Yeah, there's different, I guess I should go into like the malefics and the benefics. Um, so there are planets who <laughs> naturally have kind of like more of an aggressive kind of energy and there's some that that grant um, happiness more often. Um, so Venus and Jupiter are benefics. The moon is kind of neutral. Mercury is also neutral and it depends on who it's with. And then, yeah, like the sun, Mars, um, Saturn, they all can have more of a rougher energy. Um, and then the nodes of the moon as well. So like Rahu and Ketu in Vedic or the North Node and South Node in Western astrology. Um, so sometimes like, yeah, sometimes it's hard for like a softer planet like the moon or Venus to be with um, a more aggressive planet or a planet that it doesn't get along with. And also all the planets have different relationships with each other, like certain ones are friends with each other and aren't like Mercury and Venus love each other. That's a nice indication for an artist as well because mercury is like your skills and venus is like arts so it's like somebody who has a skill to put behind artistic ideas or like um their inspiration and yeah so there's many different ways that they can they can um interact but also even if you have like even if someone's like "Ooh, that's a bad placement or like that's not the easiest energy to move through there's always a lesson there like there's always a high vibration and a lower vibration of every type of sign or every planet um aspect too so it's kind of like just how reading your horoscope can't encompass everything a placement or two in your chart can't encompass your entire life 
either because you're still a person with other things going on. Yes. Yeah. And also the thing is too, it's like, even if you do have like a tougher placement or if you have like, um, like I'll use an example, I guess, like if you have your son beside the South node, the South node is like this placement that kind of sucks energy away. It can be a black hole. Um, and that's like, that can be really tough because then it's taking away your confidence because the sun also represents confidence and like power and leadership and like the sun is the king. Um, so it's taking some of that away, but then also there's some, there's a lesson and there's some beauty in that as well, because you are learning to not be so (laughs) self-centered or like you, it's somebody who maybe has low confidence, but they have this ability to, um, maybe hold space for others in a different way, or maybe the fact that they're not so focused on the self allows them to have this objectivity that helps others, um, and serves others better. Um, and it also depends on like signs and different things that are making angles to it as well. But yeah, there's always a way that like, even the most difficult, um, placement can be turned into some like a beautiful lesson there's always a higher vibration and like a way to overcome a challenge I love that so much yeah (laughs) what are some other parts of birth charts that are important because I know houses and degrees are things you also mentioned nodes yeah (laughs) and we've talked about some of this stuff before too so we can like really go into it yeah let's do it (laughs) where did you want to start Let's do um, houses. So yeah, anyway, listeners, Angela has already done my chart. We <laughs> did dive into oh, like yes. where all of my planets are and stuff like that. So it's it's really cool to get to talk about it again and actually yeah. remember what it all means because <laughs> it's a lot of information. So let's start with houses. Um, yeah, let's do that. Sure. Um, so yeah, I guess like with houses, one of... Um, the best places to start is with the rising sign. So your rising sign is your first house. Um, So houses, basically, if you think of the sky divided into like a pie chart with 12 pieces, that is a good visualization of how to think of the different houses in a chart. Um, So the rising sign is a start of where we start looking at the pie, where house one begins. And your rising sign is the sign that was coming up right along the Eastern horizon at the moment that you took your first breath. So that's where, you know, when an astrologer or your friend is like, what's your birth time? And they need your birth time so badly. It's because without your birth time, we won't be able to know your rising sign and we won't be able to know your houses. So yeah, that sign. So let's say it's like right on the horizon, we get um Pisces so this person has a Pisces rising or ascendant is another word for it and that's where the first house begins and then with the houses there can be there's different ways to look at it so some people divide them with just like there's only one sign per house so for every 12 sorry for sorry each house so there's 12 of them they all have only one sign in them or one that's more common to the Western world is having multiple signs in your house um, or having like one sign stretch between like a couple houses. So like, let's say you have Capricorn for like house three, four, five kind of thing. But yeah, the houses are kind of like, they're what happens. They are, they're the where, like if you're asking, like if you want to know where something's happening or what area of life it's in, that's, that's kind of like where I get that information. Is okay. Because, yeah. And sometimes it's the what too, because they can designate different things. Um, like, yeah, the first house is your personality. It's like your presence. It's your, that's why your rising sign is so, so tied to personality. I think that that's what a lot of people get um, out of it from when they start learning about it. But it's like, yeah, how you come across to different people, especially as a first impression, it's like the energy that you enter a room with. Um, it's, it also is a lot deeper than that too, because the ruler of that sign is the ruler of your chart. So they call 
yeah, so every also every sign has a planet that rules it. So with our example of Pisces, um, Jupiter happens to rule Pisces. Also Neptune rules Pisces as well. If you're um, if you're more on the on the Western astrology side, but you can look at where Neptune or Jupiter is, and that is that gives us a good indication of like what your destiny is, or like where you're going in your life. Because that's another thing too with the rising sign in the first house is like it indicates what you are meant to do, like what you're trying to achieve, what you're destined, what path you're destined to walk. That is so cool that it's all, it's all in the stars. It's all there. Yeah. Yeah. So I focus so much on the first house, but yeah, they all do have different things as well. So depending on if you're looking at like one sign at a time in each house, or if you, if you subscribe to the, the different systems where there's multiple signs in a house or the signs are divided unevenly. Each house from the rising sound sign down describes something different or a different area of life. Cool. So degrees tie into all of that too, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Each sign has 30 degrees and yeah, there's different ways to look at it. I haven't fully dived into like everything that degrees are all about, but I do use them in a pretty important way when I'm um, doing readings for people. Um, in Vedic astrology with degrees, the planet that has the highest degree between the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, those are considered like the personal planets and kind of like the only planets that Vedic readings look at just because they, the other ones like Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto tend to move too slow and tend to be planets that kind of shape a generation more than they shape like a person. They still do shape a person, but just like in a, in a different way. It's not. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like Uranus takes like seven years to go through a sign or six to seven years. So it's, yeah, in Vedic, they consider those planets to be extra Saturnian planets. So to, in that system, it's like, those are just kind of like extra um, nuances to someone's Saturn placement. But yeah, I kind of pick and choose between different things. Like I, I do think it's important if like your Pluto is looking directly across your chart at your sun, or like mm-hmm. if your is on the exact same degree as your Mars or something, it's like that is going to be significant um, to the way that I look at astrology. But um, yeah, sorry, going back to degrees in Vedic in that system, they look at the degree that's the highest between yeah those personal planets, Sun down to Saturn. And whatever planet has the highest degree is considered the soul planet of someone's chart. And it's called the Atma Karaka. And then the second highest degree is the Amatya Karaka. So the career planet. And if you, your soul planet kind of indicates like what life mission you have, like what you want to accomplish. Um, And then your second highest degree indicates like what you are here to do and like what what career um, career paths suit you best. And like the other ones also do indicate different things as well. Like your lowest degree planet can indicate your partner. Um, and that's kind of like how I use degrees in that way. It gives me a lot of information. Cause to me, like when I look at someone's chart, I like, I quickly scan like, oh yeah, they're this sun, they're this moon, they're this rising. And then I count up which one has the highest degree right away <laughs> to just be like, okay, what, what do they want to do? And then I also look at their chart ruler. I'm like, where is their chart ruler? What house, what sign? And that gives me a lot of information on like what this person wants, like what they're working on, what they, where they're going. And there's other ways that you can think of the degrees too, like in the Western world or like, I think this is a, just a Western. Well, I know that there's a portion of it. That's a Western concept where they look at decanates So it's like the first 10 uh, degrees of each sign has a different energy or like a different flavor of that sign. So if you're born in like the 20 to 30 portion of Aries, you'd be different than like the people born in the zero to 10 degree portion of Aries. So it just kind of like divides it in like a gradient through the signs. That sounds like so much work to decipher as somebody who reads charts, though. (laughs) Yeah, there's some people who've done a lot of work with it, like Nadine, what's her name? I think her name's like Nadine Jane. Her website has a lot of information on the decanates, which is 
cool. And it, that's the thing too. I think like a lot of the arguments that people have with astrology is like, how am I the same as like every other Pisces or like that kind of thing. It's like, and part of it is like, okay, well, first of all, there's those gradients. So the degree can matter in that regard. And then also every other planet in your chart is completely different probably than this other person you might be comparing yourself to. So, yeah, I never knew before you had read um, my chart and also just given me more general information about astrology that even your place of birth mattered. I thought it was just, Oh, the month you were born in whatever. And the more that I've learned about the different all about all of the placements and planets and all of the meaning behind them. Like, okay, now I can see why this is an entire belief system rather than just a thing in a yeah. magazine. Like it is actually, there's so much to it that I don't think gets enough credit. Like we don't even know moon signs exist in, in mainstream media and it's obviously yeah. a very important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like now it's starting to get like now that like our generation has this like witchiness and like interest in it and it's getting spread on social media and there's Instagram accounts and posts and stuff. People are starting to learn about those placements more. But even like when I was starting, I remember like trying to talk to my friends who weren't into this about astrology and they were just like, like, who are you? this is nuts and now they're all obsessed yeah because I eventually like like wore them down enough to love it too but not on purpose it just happened organically but but yeah there's there's like a lot that you can get from that and like now that people are learning more about moon signs um it's it's like adding depth to this thing that people um and it's adding like meaning and nuance that maybe people needed to hear in order to kind of understand this system better absolutely i i 100 agree with that yeah do you think there is one or two signs or maybe um, a specific mis- mixture of planets or whatever that's more important for um a casual astrology interest person to be aware of um i'd say like knowing your big three can be um, really helpful. So like knowing your sun, your moon and your rising that those, um, those placements can really tell you a lot about yourself. I guess like every chart's so different. Like, even if I know someone's sun, moon and rising, sometimes if I look at their chart and I see their Mars is like the ruler of their chart, like they have an Aries ascendant or they have a Scorpio ascendant. So Mars is like already important. And then it's like their sun, their sun, um, their Atma Karaka, their highest degree as well, that I'm like, okay, so there's a huge focus on this or something. So it, it definitely can depend, but I think, yeah, definitely like one of the best places to look at your chart and to learn about it um, as a starting point is just knowing like what your sun sign is and what that means. And then knowing your moon sign, cause your moon sign can really, I feel like moon signs are so validating because your sun sign is like your outward self in a lot of ways. And your moon sign is like who you really are, like who you or like in some ways, it's like who you know is deep down. And it's like a part of you that's maybe more of a shadow and a part of you that not everyone gets to see, but is so important to you. So it's good to know that side and it can make you feel so seen. And also your rising sign too. Because sometimes it's like, oh, that's how I'm coming across in the world. Okay. Or like, this is the path that that I'm walking. And like, this is where I'm going. And it's nice to know like, what direction you're heading into as well. That totally makes sense. And along that same vein, then I would guess that people can really use moon signs right now. in this uh weird time of life that we're all going through. Yeah, especially because the moon is so much of um your inner world and like we've been stuck inside (laughs) quite a bit this year and yeah to me whenever I'm looking at like moon signs too sometimes when people are like how do I know if I'm compatible there's so many factors but a big factor is like your moon because that's like who you who who you like truly are and it's like how you how you get your needs met like how you feel comforted and yeah right now we've been 
in pods, we've been like maybe confined to smaller groups of people than we're used to. So knowing your moon sign and knowing like what you need can really um, help get you through the stuff that we've been going through and just help you kind of understand like, actually, I need more of this right now, or actually, I need to maybe focus on this or like pay attention to this interest or this passion that's kind of like on the back burner for whatever reason. Yeah, it's so easy to be distracted from the things that we really need and really desire when the world is falling down around you. I hope yeah. all, I hope all of our listeners are doing okay, but you know that I'm right that life has been weird and maybe you should listen to your yeah. moon. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, other placements too can help quite a bit as well. Like knowing knowing your Venus like your Venus is how you give and take love and how you um yeah like what brings you pleasure what brings you joy and what brings you like how you want to celebrate Jupiter also plays into those things as well um but yeah it's like how do you connect with others what is your relationship style that can also help so how does that work if I say my my um Venus is in Virgo do I mm-hmm. do I look at the qualities that Virgo has and then ascribe it to my love life or hmm. yeah you can do it like that there's yeah like to start yeah just knowing what Virgo stands for so we, we could do this sure. <laughs> is your is your Venus Virgo uh I do not know I can pull up oh okay Virgo. we can go with that example though if you want let's go Unless- with that example Sure. (laughs) Yeah. So having a Virgo Venus, um, yeah, knowing what Virgo stands for. So Virgo is detail oriented. Virgo is an earth sign. So there is a level of practicality that it values. Venus is also your values as well, for sure. There's a level of balance um, and wanting to communicate as well. Virgo is ruled by Mercury and Mercury, mercurial signs like Gemini as well, have such a focus on communication um, and on presenting accurate information or processing information as well. And yeah, with a Vino, Vino, well, Virgo <laughs> <laughs> Venus, um, there it's it can be seen as like a challenging placement by some people because. Each sign has a, sorry, each planet has a sign where it's debilitated or exalted. So exaltation means where it feels like it's in its power and where it feels like it can, the things that it stands for are like supported. And if it's debilitated, the things that it stands for, that it's, yeah, stands for are maybe not as seen or as like focused on or able to be implemented, um, And with this Venus in particular, Venus is exalted in Pisces, which is the opposite sign of Virgo. So it's actually debilitated in Virgo. Um, And yeah, with with Venus um, in Virgo, this is like kind of just like the archetype or like the general vibe of it. But Mm -hmm. there's I know of such amazing Virgo Venuses and I'll get into why they're amazing as well. But the part that people sometimes focus on is like Virgo can be picky And with Venus, it's like they can be picky of their relationships or they can be picky of the person that they're um, in a partnership with. Um, Or they can be so focused on details or want like perfectionism as well. That's another trait that often gets associated with Virgo. Um, So sometimes because there's this like these like boundaries that are in place, it's it can be difficult with this type of energy while connecting with others. And the thing with Pisces is Pisces is known for being boundaryless in some ways, just because of all the water signs. Pisces is a water sign and so is Cancer and Scorpio. Um, those two have armor. They have a shell, um, the crab, the scorpion, but then the fish is kind of just like at the mercy of the ocean or at the mercy of the tides and the water and the emotions that are around it. and. That can, yeah, that can also be its own challenge, but at the same time, it lets so much in, like it's, it can be so compassionate and just so loving and giving and Virgo is more just kind of like simplified, kind of just like being so, yeah, picky. And so just like, sometimes 
maybe judgmental of the energy that it's letting into its um, into its like space and into what it chooses to love. Um, but at the same time, how amazing are boundaries? So with this Venus as well, it's like this Venus knows what it wants and knows what it doesn't want. And even though Venus just wants to love everyone and Venus just wants to be exuberant and just like share everything and have no boundaries, it's like this type of Venus can also be, or Virgo Venus can be such a practical lover and such a like clear cut lover or like friend, somebody who just really knows what they want and is kind of just like direct and just like will call out things or just be like, this is not what I like. Or like, I do like this when it comes to aesthetics as well. Virgo Venus is like such a cool minimalist vibe, just like somebody who like really pays attention to detail and pays attention to the small things in the art that it creates um, that maybe other Venuses wouldn't notice as much or other signs wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't see on the first glance. That was amazing. You just pulled all of that information out of your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so cool. I gave you like two things and you were able to get so much out of it. Okay, like whenever people are like, <laughs> I have like no memory for so many things. Like when someone tells me their name, I'm like, I don't know it for like, like ever. And then, but if somebody mentions their birthday once and I've met them once, I will know it for the rest of my life. Like this is the only thing I have memory for. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's what I'm it glad is. that we're <laughs> able to put it to use right now for the good of the people. Yes. <laughs> All right. What are some ways that people can use their knowledge of their own signs or maybe the signs or their birth charts of themselves or their family or friends um, in their life for good? <laughs> Always for good. <laughs> I love you adding at the end for good. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, I feel like there's so much um, there's so many like ways I could approach this. Because I've heard so many different perspectives on this as well. Because some people, like I know Jessica Lanyadu had a whole podcast episode on like, don't ever look at other people's charts or like, don't look at celebrities' charts or like, don't analyze someone else's unless they give you their consent or unless they know what they're getting into. Because sometimes you can see, yeah, you can see so much in someone's chart, like, if you are someone who's who studied astrology for 50 years, you can see literally every single person they've known, like every place, all the major themes of someone's life. And you could even see timings of different events in their life. <laughs> so it's a lot of information to be looking at of people who are very close to you. And like the people in your life are going to be also in your chart too. So obviously that's one kind of like extreme of thinking of that but like finding your own boundaries with what's okay because there's also many astrologers that just like openly talk about um celebrities charts and other people as well but yeah like with this like um when you're looking at someone's chart and like wanting to know it yeah make sure that you're ready to receive some of the information and like that they also know what they're getting into and like what you could get from it um, but knowing if someone shares that information with you, then it's so, it can be so nice to just know like, oh, like, wow, your, your moon is this way. And my moon is this way. Like you, you have a Leo moon and I have an Aquarius moon and it's like, we have opposing moons. So we sometimes want the opposite or we give each other the opposite. And that can be like such a balance, but it can also be such a conflict, and yeah, you can use it to also just like know people around you be better and just know like what they stand for. Know, just know that their needs are different than yours and know that the way that you function in the world is so different and that people have different perspectives from yours and that you're, you all have your own shit. Like everybody has challenges in their chart. Even if you have so many exalted planets, even if you have like so many beautiful placements and it's like, this is a luck. Like if you read up on it and it's like, this is auspicious. Like, this is so lucky. It's like, you're always going to still have something that's going to be a challenge and something you got to work on um, throughout your life. And even those nice placements, like those lucky placements can be a blessing and a curse because there's certain trines and certain um, positive 
supportive things that if you have too much of that, it's like you're stuck in that or um, you don't realize that you have a gift is another thing too sometimes. So sometimes if you have a Pisces Venus, which is where Venus is exalted, you don't realize that you know everybody's needs. Like you don't know that you're so intuitive and you're so receptive to other people and other people don't don't um, have that power. Like they might not have, they might not know what you need <laughs> or like, you know, there, there's like, there's so many um, different ways to look at it. But yeah, so it's, there's always like a, a positive way and like a, a negative way to to look at these different placements, even if they are like, oh yeah, this is like the most positive thing. So I think I just got off track a little bit. No, I, th- yeah. I think that totally makes sense because like we already have the saying too much of a good thing is no longer good. Yeah. Or, you know, however that saying actually ends. Um, people always just say the yeah. first part and then kind of trail off after that. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Uh, knowing yourself can help you deal with other people too. But also knowing that other people don't work the same way that you do, which is obvious, but yeah. we, we tend to forget it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And like, when you have this map in front of you, when you have this literal like visual representation of who you are and what you stand for and who someone else is and who, what they stand for, that can, that literally just puts it right in front of you. And you can just be like, whoa, like it it makes you feel so seen. And it can also make someone else feel very, like much more apparent to you as well. And I was talking with a friend recently and we were talking about how, sometimes because they were they were struggling with like knowing their own parents chart or like not wanting to know it kind of like right away and it's a very vulnerable thing like it's like maybe you you do have to because you can see so much when you see someone's chart so it's a it's a powerful thing and something that like shouldn't be taken on too lightly sometimes because it just makes you realize how human everyone is and how like how real um everybody is and what their that their struggles are also real and valid yeah that everybody else is as multifaceted uh faceted as you yourself are yeah which again like you said should be obvious but it's like yeah to see it on that level of depth and just being like oh wow yeah you have this holy (laughs) (laughs) how do the people in your life reveal themselves in a chart you've mentioned it a few times and I'm like okay that that you know friend I had for like a month are they in there or is it just like the big people in that impact you a lot yeah okay so you know how I said that like the the houses are kind of like a stage they're kind of just like where something happens Mm -hmm. um the planets are often like characters I've heard kiss I've heard like the houses are a stage, the planets are like a character, and then the sign is like what they're wearing or what they're expressing. So that's kind of like some way that you can think of how those three things relate to each other. But now that I'm like getting that I've gotten into astrology more and that I've studied more, I I feel like I can just like sense what other people represent in my chart sometimes. So sometimes like I'll meet someone and I'll be like, this person has a strong Saturn influence on me, or like this person is very Mars-like multiple people can represent those things as well. Yeah, like you could have like a couple friends that feel like the moon energy because they have like a strong moon placement or because maybe they they have a sign that's the same as your moon sign. So you're like, oh yeah, like if I'm a Leo moon, then like, and I'm around these Leo people, sometimes it just like makes my moon feel so like nurtured or just like shines light on it. But yeah, I'd, I'd say kind of just like through planetary vibes like I've had multiple people where I'm like oh yeah when I'm around this person it's like mercury like this person has a Gemini ascendant and I can really feel their mercurial energy when I'm around them so yeah even if you know someone for maybe like a couple days or like a lifetime sometimes they have a different influence and like your parents like your the moon represents the mother in many ways it's also really debatable like different systems have different things like some people say like the sun is your father and Jupiter is also your father, but then also Saturn's your father. <laughs> so there's so many, That's a there's lot so of dads. Things. 
yeah you have like three dads um but yeah so and the thing is too like if you look through vault of the heavens there is a degree that is about your mom and that that will represent your father as well i'd say if you want to find those people specifically then like yeah look at your moon placement and look at your fourth house placement um for your like that maternal energy in your life it doesn't necessarily have to be your biological one like there are multiple ways that people have that energy and then if you're looking for your father yeah your sun sign can tell us a lot about that energy in your life the paternal energy jupiter as well yeah like looking at those those um planets that's so cool i really like that analogy about the stage and the costumes and everything it makes it really clear in my head yeah yeah there's something about the like that example sometimes that makes it like stand out all right Let's move on to a big question. How can astrology help people when it comes to self-care? I think one of the biggest things that made me gravitate towards astrology and that like is the reason that I love it so much and I'm so passionate about it is because it makes you feel seen. It d- helps you develop self-awareness. It's like that piece of information that communicates with you like this is who you are. This is this has been who you are since the moment you took your first breath, you know? Like it's like everything that you're meant to do and that you're destined to do is in this in this like map of you. Yeah, it can be really good to just like to see yourself reflected back to you and to understand like where you're going, what you're working towards, um what challenges you've faced, um what you've been what like cards you've been dealt, um, what really, what gifts you've also been dealt and like what things are actually possible for you, like what potentials you have too can be so, it's just like so life-giving to know all these things, even, even the hard things. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, that like really difficult relationship with my sibling or whatever. It's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> like, okay. And then you can get some clues into how to balance it or how to work on things by by learning how those planets interact and those signs and those houses yeah so just kind of like being able to see yourself first of all is so healing and then second of all just like being able to reflect and to build self-awareness I think is such a key to growing to like transforming and to knowing yourself better and to improving yourself and becoming a more resilient, but also more caring and loving human being. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. I love what you said about balance too. It it goes back to the whole too much of a good thing type of thing where you have, you might have a great social presence and things are great Mm -hmm. and your friends all love you. But if you look at your chart, maybe the thing you're lacking in is giving yourself the attention that you need or you know like it, it always is balanced because you might think that you're perfect and of course nobody is there's always something else that we can look at and try to help ourselves with yes yeah balancing is such yeah that is one thing I've been learning a lot about lately is balance <laughs> and like reflecting on how that's used in astrology yeah there's a, there is like one placement for sure that like plays with the concept of balance, um, the North node and the South node. So these are two points in the moon's orbit. Um, they're not actual, like there isn't a planet in these points or anything, but they're just like a mathematical, um, equation. Like it's a way to sort out like where this end of the moon's orbit is and where that end of the moon's orbit is. And that's where the eclipses occur as well. So the North node is, the point that indicates like what is foreign to you, like what you haven't experienced yet or what you have little experience with and something that maybe is daunting and a little intimidating and um, is like the unknown to you. And the South Node, um, also in Vedic astrology, the North Node is called Rahu and in and the South Node is called um, K2. So when you're looking at your K2 or your South Node, that is more like what you're familiar with, like what you what you feel comfortable with, 
Um, and if you're thinking about these things in a more spooky way, um, your south node is your past lives. It's like what you've experienced uh, and what lessons you've already learned, like things that you've done maybe multiple times or things that you've like worked on so much that it's like you have this gift, you have this thing that you're so good at. Um, and because you're so good at it, obviously you want to keep doing it, but you shouldn't because you, you like reincarnated, you are here to do new things. You're not here to just like score the winning goal over and over and over. Like you're here to like learn another thing. You're here to, to not score the goal, to like fall on your face. So you can learn how to not fall on your face again. Um, and that's Rahu. So that's the thing that you're not good at and the thing that you will experience challenges um in pursuing so knowing those two placements um so your north node and your south node or your rahu and your ketu can be like a huge thing and they are a pendulum they function where you want to go towards your north node obviously in order to develop spiritually and to accomplish your tasks and the things that you were brought to this planet and this life to experience but you are going to be swinging back towards your south node. And sometimes when you're accomplishing, like when you're scoring goals in that unknown world, like when you're shooting in the dark and you happen to score a goal, it actually benefits the, the stuff that you already know. So like you'll, you'll, you'll get that achievement and then actually like it brings up the other side of the pendulum. Like it, it will fortify and nourish and like next level um, the thing that you're already good at as well and develop that. So they do function as a pendulum. And sometimes you also just need to return to your gifts and be like, okay, what are my gifts again? Okay, yeah, I need to use that to go towards that unknown thing and keep walking towards it. So balance is always key in that um, particular planetary pendulum. But also the polarities do just function with the different planets as well. Um, so if your sun sign happens to be in your second house, this is a Taurus house. This is the house of like material things. This is your possessions. This is your values. This is your parents. This is your income, your money, your self-esteem. And if you're, if you're kind of like in this house and this is where your son is, when you're working on your son, it will be manifesting into the other house. Like it'll be going to the outside world. Like even uh, into the other house of the eighth house. So like the eighth house is like the Scorpio house. It's the house of like spirituality. It's a house of the occult of the dark side, your shadows and like um, encountering your trauma and like seeing, seeing things that are painful and seeing things that are heavy. So sometimes it's like the things that you're working on between those two, those two placements can really elevate the, the, the sign that's at the opposite end at the other side of the polarity and another like example that's literally in houses too is like your fourth house the fourth house represents your home your real estate your mother your childhood um your inner world it represents your happiness like what brings you joy and like your gardens and a lot of there's a lot of like um connection to agriculture and to land with that house and then the 10th house is your career, it's your reputation, it's your ambitions, it's who you are in the outside world. And those two things are also opposite each other. So there's just like a, a lot of, like balance is so important in astrology because whatever you're doing in the fourth house is coming out into your career and coming out into how you're seen in the world as well. I really like how you brought up that you have to look at the sign that's opposite sometimes because I, I told you before that I had a tarot reading done once and the lady doing it asked yeah. if I had any Gemini and looking at my chart I have absolutely zero Gemini going on but then when you yeah. look at um, <laughs> I guess look at the general placements a lot of my stuff is completely opposite Gemini yeah yeah because you have a lot of um, placements in Sagittarius right yeah. Yeah. So I feel like, oh yeah, there's another portion of that too. You had something. I'm just going to look at your chart really quick. So actually, if that's okay with you. Um, okay. Maybe you didn't, but yeah, you, you do have like your ascendant is Virgo. So it's like, you have that mercurial um, focus anyway. Like 
um, and Gemini is also ruled by by Mercury as well. So both those signs um, have that communicative and like bubbly and like um, information sharing and processing energy. And yeah, that's the thing too. Yeah, like you have quite a few placements in Sagittarius. So working on those those placements actually brings you closer to Gemini as well. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's all interconnected. It's also like just like nice to know sometimes what what is the relationship between the different polarities because then it can help to balance something. Like if you feel like you're you're like if you have a Gemini Mercury or something and it's just like so scattered thoughts and so such scattered energy and um, you want to know how to balance it better. Sometimes knowing what the opposite side is. So like with Sagittarius, it's more like spiritual and wanting to, because Gemini wants to focus on multiple things. Sagittarius is kind of like, I'm going to go kind of more focused on one thing. Like Sagittarius is the the centaur. It has the bow and arrow. So it's it's just one arrow. It's pointing it at one thing and kind of just like, setting its sights there and digging its gold there and getting its knowledge from one source at a time more like not that they only do that but there's less of a jack of all trades than the gemini energy so sometimes it's nice to just be like okay what would my opposite side do like what would sagittarius do it's like oh the archer okay they are gonna do that and they're gonna they're gonna focus on one thing and they're gonna delve into it so deep that it can become part of their identity and just be um, something that they possess so much information about and that they kind of are, Sagittariuses are also teachers and seekers. So knowing something so well that you become a teacher or somebody who can um, give wisdom to others too. So yeah, it can be really nice to actually just be like, what's the opposite side? Oh, that, okay, sweet. <laughs> like that'll help me balance this thing that feels so, um, so like challenging oh my goodness we could talk for hours <laughs> sorry for me on that all of this. <laughs> yeah. no it's fantastic do you have any advice for people who are new to astrology and are intimidated af by how much there is to learn <laughs> sorry i don't mean to intimidate <laughs> um yeah i i think yeah so like to me whenever i go on instagram and i just see because obviously I'm interested in astrology. So I, I have followed multiple like meme pages or like astrologers. And it's like, sometimes my feed is just like this after this, after this, after this, or if there's a full moon or a new moon, it's like everyone's posting and everyone is saying completely different things. And it's very confusing. Um, I'd say, first of all, that's totally fine. If that's how you're getting your information, that's sweet. But I think like a way to balance it is to also just be like, okay, what are my personal things? Or like maybe even finding your own your own astrologer that you confide in the most or that you that sits with you the most. Cause so many people can have, and this is the this is the same thing too with different systems of astrology. It's like Vedic astrology and Western astrology are so different, but they're both right. Or like sidereal astrology too can be so like different as or sidereal is part of Vedic, but like they can all be they all have such different things and like um, you can have different placements even in different ones and they're all right. It's just um, you just knowing like how to find that information and knowing that there is truth in all of it. Um, but like with that, just knowing that there's many different ways to, to find the truth in that. And then knowing that different astrologers are all going to give you different information and finding what resonates best with you and what actually sits with your gut. And then also focusing on learning, like learning it for yourself, like finding a good book that resonates with you or finding a good blog that you like to read, um, watching YouTube videos, studying it on your own time and like making your own notes and making your own observations of like what, different signs mean what different houses mean for you um and like you can de definitely like delve into multiple sources and just be like oh yeah like this person said this and this person said that but I I'm kind of this is like the commonality between those two things or like this is kind of how I look at it yeah that can help a lot just to 
just to like read up and form your own opinions and make your own observations. Um, me and Natalie have talked before about how sometimes people will be like, oh, I hate all of this sign because I know this one person who broke my heart. Or like, I know this one person who like was not a nice friend, but it's like, sometimes you need to know multiple people who have that energy. So if like, I don't know, let's go with an example, look at Capricorn sun or something like not all Capricorn suns are the same. It's like that Instagram account, not all Gemini's. It's like, they're all, you, sometimes you need multiple exposures and you need to know multiple people who have that energy and create your own observation and catalogs of what that energy can look like and like what houses um, shape that energy in a different way and form kind of like a field notebook or something or like some type of um, catalog or scrapbook of that information for yourself so that you can you can form your own opinions and you and it's not so so like overwhelming <laughs> anymore out there um but yeah I think it's definitely nice to focus on a book at a time sometimes or like an astrologer at a time that really resonates with you and but at the, at the same time to let yourself open up to multiple sources of information and finding it on your own terms totally I just again we're all <laughs> don't hate somebody just because they're a single sun sign I told Angela before that because I, I work with kids right and one day they just yep. went on this huge this huge horoscope reading binge on one of their one of their break times the little kid brought out his phone and he's like who is the meanest sign who was sign and I'm like no kids life doesn't work that way and he's like who is the saddest sign like no <laughs> yeah like that's funny and I think memes do that a lot and that's like that has its place and it's definitely fun and hilarious to get dragged or watch someone get dragged if it's all in good fun but um we're round well-rounded people and Yes. <laughs> there, we all have multiple parts of our personality. You might hate one Aquarius, but the next one, their energy matches perfectly with you because of who knows yeah. what else is going on in their chart, right? Yeah, like maybe that, that Aquarius is more Capricorn-y that you, you don't happen to like, or maybe they're two Pisces, and then you meet the opposite one, and you're like, oh, okay, this is the flavor that, that like works with me the best, or like sometimes you need it mirrored um in your chart in certain different ways and like the other thing is like there isn't one way to kind of look at what will resonate <laughs> so sometimes with different um astrology apps they'll be like oh you have a square with this person between both of your sons so you probably are not compatible and it's like what no because depending on your chart sometimes that's actually great because like for my own example in my own chart I have so many squares, like I am squared up. So <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always looking for other people who like fill those squares for me, actually. Like I, I feel safe, like safer, I guess, in a lot of ways where I'm like, oh yeah, like this is, this person has this square as well, or like they are in square to me. And even though that's like a difficult placement um, or like a challenge, it's, it can be actually like what I'm looking for. Yeah, so sometimes there's simplified ways that people have, I think like also with technology, it's like, it's so hard to dive deep on Instagram. <laughs> it's like so hard to, to present deep information on an app that's used for millions of people as well. Yeah. So it's like, they have to simplify it, obviously, so that it can relate in a very general sense to like millions and billions of people. But don't take it so hard because that's that's what they're doing. Like it's it's like general information. And if you do want to know if you truly are compatible or incompatible um, with different energies, it's always best to get a reading. And that's also another thing from your question before. Like if people want to dive into astrology, get a reading. Like find an astrologer you trust. And yeah like it can be so nice to hear somebody else tell you about yourself because even though I do readings I love when I find someone that I'm like I'm gonna pay this person to give me a reading and just hear what they have to say and like because everyone has a different take and a different 
um, background that they're coming from that is going to be different. So sorry, obviously it's going to be different, <laughs> but yeah, like there's so many different ways that people look at a chart and it's, it's nice to hear what's, what's in there and how someone else um, processes it, processes it for you and presents it for you as well. Yeah. We all have blind spots when it comes to ourselves. Yeah, totally. That's a good way to put it. Do you have any last big thoughts that you'd like to share with listeners? Maybe um, some misconceptions to debunk or some encouragement to give? <laughs> hmm. I guess like that last thing I talked about, it's just like, yeah, knowing that there are multiple things in your chart and that sometimes if you're using these, dif these different resources of information that are designed for multiple people to use, it's like knowing that that's not, that's not the be all end all of everything. Like sometimes my friends will send me like, oh my God, CoStar said this or the pattern said this. And I'm like, okay, this is what they mean by that. This is, or like, I'm like, I think they're referring to this particular thing in your chart, um, given like what's going on transit wise in the sky right now and what just happened or like the sun just went into Aries. So this is what CoStar is saying. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, that's, that's, this is what they mean by the challenge, but then this is also like the good side of it. So there's always a good side. There's always like, and, and that's the other thing too. Like, even if somebody has something really hard in their chart, they're here to learn. Like if you're alive, you're here to transform. You're here to become a better evolved human being. So giving people the benefit of the doubt and being, and like not being like, oh my God, this person has this sun sign and like, oh, I've had so many bad experiences and just like cutting them out right away or just like making judgments or making um, expectations or different ideas about what they're going to be like without actually getting to know the person. I think that that's such a thing that I'm like trying to um, educate people about too, just to be like, don't, don't rule the experience of knowing this person just because you've learned this about a certain sun sign and that really doesn't sit well with you or like a certain moon sign. It's like, you still have to, there's so much that each of these signs can teach you. And like, I've had multiple experiences where I'm like in the beginning when I was learning about signs where I was like, oh yeah, like I don't, I don't really like the qualities of this sign. And then I'll look at my own chart and be like, oh, <laughs> I have something very important there. Or like, I have so many placements in that sign. Uh-oh, what, what does that say about me actually? <laughs> so it's like, sometimes like when you, when you don't like a certain sign, it's actually, it can be part of your own shadow <laughs> or it can be something that you actually have to learn. Or yeah, to me often like, in life in general, if something kind of just like hits me in a weird way, I'm like, what is the lesson here? So maybe that's, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Maybe that's my parting thought. If, if you're feeling like someone or some energy isn't sitting well with you, maybe check out your own chart or like find out why, like, what is it about that energy that doesn't that doesn't jive with you? Obviously sometimes it's just like, yeah, that, that energy is hard and you do need space to maybe understand it better and like you need to get away but yeah just like just knowing that there are many ways to to engage with each energy there's multiple vibrations of how those um houses and like signs can manifest and in different people lovely words thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much knowledge with us Oh, here's a last question for you, Angela. Where can people reach you and what websites are good for them to check out mm. astrology stuff on? Yeah, I have an Instagram account that I'm not super active on right now, but um, it's Ange Astro. So A-N-G-E-A-S-T-R-O on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, um, you can always DM me on there. I yeah, haven't been very active, but I'll be checking it out a little bit more now just to make sure I'm connecting with people. And also with websites, um, for Western websites, I like Chani's website. Um, I love her, but also um, her, she has like this amazing chart um, creator on her website too, um, that you can use and get like a nice little reading um, that's yeah developed over her website for you. Um, and then also you can do the, 
the Vault of the Heavens one for Vedic astrology. That one's kind of advanced, um, but it can also give you a different flavor, a different meaning, um, or a different way of looking at your chart. Or if you want another one, sorry, I'm giving so many examples, but Astro Charts, Astro-Charts, I believe it is, is another nice um, database. It's really aesthetically um, lined up in a beautiful way. But yeah, those are the ones I use. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank now this is the end of the interview. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wonderful no knowledge with us and yeah. hopefully helping somebody make it through the next while and know themselves a bit better. It's totally. absolutely invaluable information. Oh, that's awesome. And thank you listener for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this wonderful spring weather that we're at least having in the prairies. Hope you're having it too. And take care of yourselves this week. We'll see you next time. Bye.